We are back with the Mission with Women podcast today in our series, Speak Life. Wow, I don't know about you, but this series has been such an encouragement. Just hearing all these amazing guests chat with us about their testimonies. Our hope is that you can take these testimonies and be encouraged to speak life over your own personal battles, pouring the hope and truth of the gospel into your life. Today, we welcome McKenna Ferry to the podcast. We are super excited to have McKenna here to talk about what the Bible says about the armor of God and how to incorporate that in your life, how we can fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of our battles. Okay, we're here with McKenna today. We're so excited you're here. And we ask favorites questions Mm -hmm. every episode, and we're switching things up and doing it in the beginning now. So we're just going to... Throw a favorite question at you. Okay. Um, what is your favorite country you've been to? Ooh, well, hello. I'm super excited <laughs> to be here. My favorite country I've ever been to. Man, um, I think it's got to be Guatemala. I got to go on a trip with the church to Guatemala. It was, um, I think, like the third or fourth trip I had been on. And it was just a really cool opportunity. I had been learning Spanish, so it's super cool to be able to use that Spanish mm-hmm. there. Um, the people that we met and just some of the stuff that we did as far as I mean, I'm a very, like, physical, practical person, so we did a lot of physical, practical things, so I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but just, it's a beautiful country. I mean, mm-hmm. just anything that's not constantly covered in snow or corn is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, mixing it up. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the people we met there were so fun. Yeah. I had the best pancakes of my life when I was in Guatemala. Wow. So, the... Um, Host family, we had their daughter's boyfriend's mother, <laughs> the <laughs> best connection of people, owned a restaurant, and she gave us, um, provided breakfast and lunch for us. And there was, she gave us pancakes. And these pancakes, I kid you not, were like at least two inches thick, like oh the goodness. biggest, fluffiest pancakes I've ever had. And we, like, by the end of the week, we're like, listen, you got to show us. <laughs> How do you we, do this? We've got these sad, thin American pancakes. <laughs> you have to show us your Guatemalan magic. And she let us, a couple of us, come into the kitchen early one day and like showed us. We used the batter that she made, showed us exactly how to fry it. And between the three of us, in the like 45 minutes we had, we made like five thin American pancakes. Oh, no. And the team came in and we were like, oh no, <laughs> we do not have breakfast ready. And then from the other side of the kitchen wall, she comes out with a tray of like 52 inch glorious <laughs> pancakes. Like I knew you would fail and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> they tasted delicious. It was amazing. Gosh, I want oh, one. Yes. Go to Guatemala. Go to Guatemala. Guatemala. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's we were, so cool. We were talking mm-hmm. before you came on and I was like, oh no, I've, I've been to like two countries, different <laughs> countries, and they were all pretty, like all inclusive. Nothing, nothing to really write home about. Mm. But a country that I would really um, love to see, and me and my husband Pat always talk about going later on in life, mm-hmm. um, is Italy. Uh, mm, just yeah. to see, mm-hmm. we love history. Mm. We love that kind of stuff and seeing history. Um, and we've read about it so much that that is like our retirement trip. Like we're going to go to Italy. We're going to see all yeah. the things that we've, you know, watched the Explorer shows. We're, mm-hmm. we're nerds like that. So um, <laughs> that's where oh, I yeah. think will be my favorite country. Oh my I think gosh. Italy will be my favorite yeah. country. Oh, yeah. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I've not done loads of travel um, or anything like that, but I did get to study abroad in Spain when I was in school. And I was in Sevilla, Seville, which is in the south of Spain. And, like, I always tell people, like, if you – what you imagine is, like, storybook Spain, you know, that's what it was. And it was just beautiful. It was the summer. 
So it was crazy hot, but oh, yeah. it was it was just really really rich experience. Like delicious food, wonderful people. Um, I learned a ton there, and it was it was just a great great experience, and I loved loved visiting and. I'd love to go back someday. You know, oh that'd be goodness. really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. amazing. Spain was, mm-hmm. España was beautiful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for letting us know a little bit about you and oh, your yeah. love of Guatemalan pancakes. Oh, and yes. uh, we'd love to know a little bit more mm-hmm. about McKenna Ferry. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, um, my name is McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've grown up in Manuka Shanahan area. I've been going to Mission since I was we last. <laughs> um, my family's kind of always been connected, so I just went to all the kids' ministries and loved Spy Kids, all of that stuff. Um, let's see. I'm going to Moody now for, well, it's generally just for a Bible degree. I don't know quite yet what I want to um, do, but I know I want to do something in ministry. I've done a lot of kids' work before, and I like that a lot. I don't know if that's what I'm continuing going on, but that's definitely been a big part of my life. Um, love travel. I and mean, this is a fantastic mm-hmm. question to be asking. Love, love, love travel. Um, love languages. I've recently gotten back on the Duolingo app and it's just oh. so fun. <laughs> nice. Um, and then let's see. Oh, I also am j- just recently started a podcast mm. called For Real Though. It's a podcast for young adults where we talk about how um, real life is difficult or there's weird things about life and just real life is very real and kind of you know, ugh, sometimes. <laughs> and then, you know, taking that and the fact that that's that and um, lining that up with who our real God is and what that really means and um, just making God real to people. Because I think sometimes we misinterpret or misrepresent uh, what a relationship with him is really like. So mm-hmm. that's that's actually just started too. So every Monday we come out. It's super, super so exciting. exciting. It's been really fun. Yeah. And we'll make so sure cool. to cite that on the notes. So, yeah. so people can code sweet. check yeah. it out link yes. it yeah that would be mm-hmm. awesome and what a great like time to really be thinking through those things like mm-hmm. in young adulthood as you're making lots of life choices oh gosh, and you're yeah. trying to figure out what adulthood is <laughs> and and everything and to to have that kind of grounding in in the lord that's so mm-hmm. cool and yeah. i can't wait thank to give you. it more listens thank you well <laughs> you know they say like you know write what you know or talk on what mm-hmm. you know and I mean, I'm in that series, season of life right now, so I'm very much just, I also don't know, and I also have these questions. So it's been really fun to kind of talk about those, that space. Yeah, so cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're so glad that you're here and you're helping us um, just get some clarity on some things as we talk about um, in our series, Speak Life. Mm. Um, and we talk about how spiritual warfare is a thing. Yeah. But the Bible addresses that and talks mm-hmm. about that, and specifically uh, with this idea of the armor of God. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're so glad that you're here to talk about that and help us unpack what that means. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, I'm really excited about it. The, the armor of God is something that I've talked about to kids before with mm-hmm. you know, little mm-hmm. pictures of boots and a sword and all that. But Motions. Yes, oh, of course. <laughs> well, and it's fun that like this isn't something that's just for you mm-hmm. know Sunday school. Like This is very real and important and valuable information for us today and you know us grown-ups <laughs> um but yeah and the season that you're talking not the season the series that you guys are in for this podcast of speaking the truth of the gospel over your life I think is so good and it totally applies to um what we're talking about with the armor of God because you're saying hey we need to speak truth over our lives specifically that truth part because our our main enemy who we're up against is the devil and his primary weapon of choice is deceit. Like that's the way that he, mm. um, I think that's his most common way of trying to get at us. Right. Um, 
I want to say a couple things about the devil first, because, you know, just leading in with positive, great, happy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think there are two camps of us when we talk about, hey, the devil is real. Spiritual warfare is something that's real and is happening to you. I think either um, we like it's kind of like, yes, I agree. The devil is real. Move on. Like, I, I think yeah. we just don't take it literally almost like almost like when you hear the story of little red riding hood and the big bad wolf you're like yes that's bad and mm -hmm. you know and you take the lesson of be wary around strangers and all that but none of us are actually like walking into your backyard being like is there a large wolf dressed as my grandma in the backyard mm -hmm. yeah, we don't take that seriously because he's a fairy tale character and i think we can treat the devil like a fairy tale character sometimes mm -hmm. or you know demons or spiritual warfare as something that like the Bible talks about it, but it doesn't really happen now or it's not real. Um, Adam Hawkins has a really good quote on it that I love. He says, um, we've been trained to think that the world that you and I inhabit every day is extremely ordinary. And whenever we come across something mysterious in the Bible, like spiritual warfare, we either think of extreme examples or we think it happens over there. What we do is we make our extraordinary, cosmic, purpose-filled lives ordinary. Which I think is so true, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know for me, most of my life, I've been a lot more, maybe not like as consciously aware of this, but a lot more comfortable thinking about spiritual things that happen in third world countries or missionaries that come back and they're like, oh my gosh, it was incredible. God did this thing. I touched somebody and they were healed. It's like, wow, that's awesome. Totally makes sense that that happened in a third world country. And then if the same person was like, yeah, that happened in Shorewood the other day. You'd be like, yeah, okay, you nut, stop talking. Mm -hmm. You know, we just don't, it's a lot less likely that we believe that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, while that kind of spiritual uh, stuff maybe doesn't happen as often in Shorewood, Jana, mm -hmm. Manuka, like there is very real spiritual warfare. The devil is real. Demons are real. Um, and just because they aren't, you know, fairy tale like doesn't mean that they're not applying to us. So so that's one camp, people who just don't take it as like, a, don't realize that this is something that's actually happening. And then the other camp is <laughs> the other side of that of, oh my gosh, the devil's out to get me. Demons are everywhere. Ah, yeah. Can I get possessed? Am I going to die? Is someone going to, you know, it's just mm -hmm. a little bit of scare and fear, mm -hmm. which, you know, that happens. It's, it's okay. But um, the truth is, as much as it's true that the devil is real and that the demons are real, is that you are a child of God. Mm. Um, and it's really important to note the difference that um, the devil and God are not like co-divine beings of the universe or whatever. And they're, they're not equal. Yeah, they're not equal in power. Like mm -hmm. the Bible talks about in Job, Satan, like it's almost like he came and like reported to God and like, well, this is what I've been up to. And can I get permission to mess with one of your good guys? Mm. Like, he had to get permission from God to do things. So he's not, you guys talked about this in your um uh, series talking about the different attributes and characteristics of God. You know, Satan is not uh, omniscient or all-powerful, things like that. Yeah. So um, while we totally want to be aware that the devil is real, demons are real, we're a child of God. Like, mm -hmm. we are princes and princesses of the king of the universe. Um, and once you've been saved, like, you're, you don't have any, you don't have to be afraid of losing that. Mm -hmm. And God hasn't left his children defenseless, mm -hmm. which brings us to the armor of God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love how you frame that. Like the, I feel like the temptation to minimize, like minimize spiritual warfare, minimize um, the fact that we live in that reality where like spiritual warfare is a real thing. I think like that's a real temptation. And I think um, it can kind of lull us into like this 
like, place where we think we have everything under control. Like, mm. you know, it feels much weirder to be like, oh, there's spiritual warfare going on, and I don't totally understand it, you oh, know? Yeah, and right. But, like, I think there's a humility in saying that, like, mm-hmm. I don't totally understand it. Yeah. But I trust God in it. Mm-hmm. And I rest in, like, that yeah. identity that you talked about, about mm-hmm. being a child of God. Um, and it, there's peace there in operating from that. And it's really encouraging that that the Bible does talk about this mm-hmm. and that we we can understand a little bit more. And, and we see that in, in the armor of God uh, in the Bible. Could you tell us a little bit more about, like, like, where do we find that in the Bible? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, Paul is the author of the book of Ephesians, where you find the um, all the information. Well, actually, the armor of God is brought up in a couple other places mm-hmm. around the Bible. I didn't know about this until I studied this for today, but um, it comes up in other places. The most full um, description and talking about the armor of God is found, though, in Ephesians 6, which was written by Paul, who was... Um, one of the like first missionaries and he did crazy things. So um, super cool follower of Christ. Um, yeah. So he wrote Ephesians, which was a letter to the uh, people of Ephesus. <laughs> um, what? So we have chapters and verses in our books of the Bible, which are super cool, super helpful for referencing and remembering and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because this was originally written as a letter, the audience would have heard the whole thing all together mm-hmm. instead of just snippets of it. And so because of that, you know, Paul knew that when he was writing, so he wrote in such a way that he carried the audience through kind of an arc. Um, So if you look at the way that Ephesians is broken up by chapter, it kind of takes you, he kind of communicates three major themes. So first, um, in chapters one through three, it's very encouraging. There's like a poem in there that he writes. It's kind of cool. Um, It's all about, for the believer, for the follower of Christ, Um, It describes how we've been seated with Christ. It describes our salvation, and it talks about the gospel. Then for chapters 4 and 5, he gives instruction on how to walk in our relationship with Christ. And then finally, chapter 6, where we find the armor of God, it talks about how to stand despite persecution, which, I mean, was a big deal for that time, because this was when Nero was um, ruling, and he was the one just doing crazy kind of things in persecution for Christians. So um, they had a lot to up against them. So it, he, of course, was going to address persecution and how you stand despite that. So it would have meant, um, it would have meant very literally to them then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the kind of the three things that he goes through, those three themes are that we are seated in heaven next to Christ. He talks about how to walk in Christ and that how we can stand despite persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, I love visuals. I love just the three of the mm-hmm. seated, the walking, and yeah. the standing. I think it um, it's a six-chapter book, so it kind of sums it all up into three thoughts, and um, it really, he covers a lot there. And another really th- interesting thing to think about in regards to the book of Ephesians is that when he wrote this, he was in jail. So <laughs> Paul was in jail a lot. He was mm-hmm. talking about God a lot, and that got him in trouble very, very often. Um, so because of this, he was very familiar with Roman ga- guards and Roman uniforms and what they looked like, and he also was very familiar with how strong um, just Roman government was, and especially the Roman army. I mean, I think anyone at that time would have been aware of the strength of the Roman army. So he, when he wants to give advice on how to stand despite persecution, he gives this metaphor or this imagery to the people in Ephesus of um, the armor that a Roman soldier wears. And it's, you know, hey, here are people who are very strong and very effective and very an unstoppable army. 
you can have that same similar kind of strength rooted in God. Here's that imagery from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what a real, like a real picture, you know, for people. And and that's an important way for us to like framework spiritual warfare. It's like, it's real. Mm-hmm. And you can, but you can be prepared and you can be equipped. You know, right. God, God yeah. has, has equipped you for that. Mm-hmm. Um but there's like a step into that that, yeah. that that scripture talks about. So it's cool to be able to think of putting on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so he, um, in verse 10 is kind of when he jumps into talking through all this. I was going to just read this through because, I mean, it's a, such a good um, passage. So let's, we'll just, it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And then I think I'll just go through um, at least verse 17 says, finally, be strong and in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I love that. It's almost like, um, as she read it, like, it felt like you were almost dressing, right? Oh, like, yeah. like actually physically <laughs> putting on like the helmet of salvation and um, the breastplate of truth, like, mm. and and to think about, you know, maybe spiritual warfare or schemes of, of the devil in mm. your own life, and thinking about preparing yourself, you know, and putting on those items. Mm. It, it, Paul was so smart. What a smart mm. guy oh gosh, sitting yeah. there in prison. He's yes. a smart guy. He, um, to use I that like, like visual representation because mm-hmm. it is super powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I was thinking maybe we could kind of work through those different pieces. Yeah, and I love what it. Meant and yeah. What they actually mean for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, fantastic. So he starts with the belt of truth. Um, it's the first thing he mentioned, so it's probably the first thing we should address. Um, <laughs> The kind of belt that the Roman warrior or warriors or soldiers would have worn at that time is less like its purpose was less about keeping their pants up and more almost like what a weightlifter wears to like support their back or their body so that they're able to handle all the weight that they're carrying. Um, and that's a very similar thing for us mm-hmm. too, right? Um, we know who our enemy is and we know that his weapon of choice is deceit and that's a weight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. doubts and questions and the lies and the thoughts that sneak into your head where mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, that's heavy. And that can be really, really hard to support yourself on that. So, I mean, when we fit ourselves with the belt of truth, mm-hmm. um, it can support us. Yeah. Uh, there was an article I read by David Kim, who was a pastor, um, he's, where he kind of explained it as saying, putting on the belt of truth means choosing to trust what God has done for you more than how you feel at the moment. What I really like about him saying that is not saying putting on the belt of truth means that all the feelings that you're feeling mm. are stupid or wrong or, you know, how dare you think that. Um, you know, reminding yourself what truth is does not uh, get rid of the fact that there is things in your life that are difficult. Mm-hmm. But what it's saying is I'm going to um, 
hold myself together instead of with the feelings that I'm feeling or the fears that I have or the lies that are in my head, I'm going to hold myself up and together with truth. Mm. Um, I think all of us have got different lies that will come in our heads and whether those are, you know, self-deflating thoughts or even like thoughts of temptation, um, our best defense against those and our best thing to keep us supported and held up is truth. I mean, a good example of that, you know, the thought of like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't. I don't have the strength for this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That verse is so cool because, again, God's not saying, no, 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 you're not weak. You can rely on your own strength mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like, oftentimes we are not, like, strong enough, and oftentimes we can't do it on our own. But instead, God's saying, that's perfect. Like, I've got you right. You're right where I want you, and I can do so much through you where you're at. My grace is enough for you. So you may not be enough, but I am enough for you. And mm-hmm. I'm not leaving you where you're at. So that's such good truth that, I mean, when we're grappling with things like that, the Bible has things like that. This is a love letter for us. It's a story of who God is um, with the purpose of for it being for us. Um, you know, other thoughts that we can have that will, you know, get into our heads, lies that will um, we need to come back to or like, um, sometimes sim- sim- different kinds of sin temptations will lead us or they will lie to us about like, well, you know, it'll, it'll satisfy me on this. You know, maybe a more neutral version is like, well, if I just watch one more episode, like, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll be done. And then I won't want to watch more. And the little, you know, Netflix thing that queues up the next episode faster than like two seconds, <laughs> yeah. I'll be able to resist that if I just watch one more episode. Um, but the Bible says in Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Mm-hmm. So when we've got those lies in our head of like, well, this will satisfy me. If I go figure out this thing, if I make this for myself, um, I will be satisfied. The Bible says um, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are the ones who are going to be mm-hmm. filled. So that's just a super good way to there are lies and there is a weight on us that comes from just not knowing the truth. And the response to that and the support for that is you know, girding yourself with truth. And a mm-hmm. lot of that's found in the Bible. Yeah. And I think, like, that's a great, like, how how do we, you know, gird ourselves in the truth? You know, that's kind of yeah. the question that is begged there. And I think that you're absolutely right, like, getting mm-hmm. into the Word and um, letting that soak into your mind yeah. mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, these lies. You can combat it when, when you have it. And so mm-hmm. I think through, like— Scripture memorization, we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, how great that is, mm-hmm. being in the Word, listening to the Bible, um, amazing apps out there can do oh, that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like kind of soaking our minds in that can help us to intentionally step into um, putting the belt of truth on, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, getting that Word and that truth in our lives can help it be easier for us to get like recall that and bring it to mind Mm -hmm. um, so that we can be supported by the truth. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's great. So next he moves on to the breastplate of righteousness. Um, I think most of us know like what that is. I mean, that that covers your, your front, your midsection area um, and it protects all those vital organs. It's really important. Um, And it had to be reliable and it had to be strong. They didn't have, you know, guns back then. So the kind of you know, breastplates they would have had probably wouldn't have been able to hold back a bullet. But <laughs> for the swords that were flinging around with what they were doing, um, they were tested and true to know they were going to hold um, a sword. If you, you can't get me if I've got my uh, breastplate of righteousness on or my breastplate <laughs> if mm-hmm. I'm a soldier. 
Um, but it's got to be reliable. It's got to be strong. And what we know is that our own righteousness and our own power, it's just not reliable. It's just not strong. You can try to be as good as you want to, and you're just not going to get there. You're always going to fail on something. Um, and that's just who you are as a human. We are broken by nature, um, which is why it's so good that this breastplate of righteousness is not the breastplate of our righteousness, but is the breastplate of righteousness given to us by Christ and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we know Christ to be um, reliable and true and strong. Mm -hmm. And there's no wavering in that. He lived, you know, an entire life on earth and never wavered. So we know that that um, steadfastness is true. Uh, if you go back to Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, like I said, those first kind of cha uh, couple chapters kind of talk about our salvation. Um, and then this one really talks about how... Um, Jesus's uh, righteousness is given to us. It's Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That verse 5, that we got sonship through Jesus Christ. It is not sonship through our own work. It is not sonship through our own efforts. It is sonship through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That breastplate is already made. It's set. Um, you know, God doesn't see you for all your faults. He sees you in the light of the righteousness that Jesus gave us. So we don't have to strive or earn or work on that. Of course, we want to be, you know, we're constantly being sanctified as Christians. And that that's the work that happens until we, you know, go back home to be with the Lord. But, um, you know, that's, that is us growing ourselves, but that is not us creating righteousness for ourselves. That part of the deal has already been set up and provided for us by Christ. So mm -hmm. that's the, the breastplate of righteousness. It's reliable. It's strong because it's from Christ. I love that that's like the center piece too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just symbolic that knowing the center piece of, of all of it, mm -hmm. of protection is Jesus where, I mean, and how else are you going to really know him? but to be in scripture. Yeah. Mm. And just to walk through that and and to truly know and have hope, you know, in, mm -hmm. in hearing the good news. I love it. Oh yeah. It's so cool. I, I just love the imagery of all of yeah, this. Yeah, it's so <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Next up is the I call them the boots of peace. I can't remember if that's just a kids ministry thing left over <laughs> or what. I like it. Yeah, we'll call it that. The like, official is the feet, feet fitted, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It's an entire mouthful, but it's good. <laughs> boots sounds good. It's it's important. Yeah, it's it's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the shoes that Roman soldiers would have worn had three different layers of leather on them. So super strong. Um, they didn't really have a lot of, you know, they didn't have cars and all that to get them moving around. So they did a lot of walking from place to place. So they they wanted their soldiers to be in condition. Their feet needed to be in top condition. So those shoes and those boots were really good for stopping blisters and infection, that kind of thing. Mm. They also had um, little uh, pieces of iron or stone or something at the bottom of the foot to help them get a good grip with where they're at. Um, yeah, I mean, just good shoes are important. I know so they make a difference. They do. Mm. Confession. I don't like shoes. <laughs> oh, I okay. I, I wow. like shoes generally. Like obviously, I'm wearing shoes now because that's socially acceptable. <laughs> but like, as soon as I'm at my house, like I'm barely through the door before the shoes are off. Um, and during the summer. I wear Chacos because they're really barely shoes to start with. Oh, this is all very interesting. <laughs> well, and so the benefit of that is that I've built up calluses. Oh. My feet. I have nasty man feet. But <laughs> but <laughs> when I walk around outside barefoot, you're good to go. I'm good to go. 
However, I kind of need to be careful of the way that I walk because obviously I don't have rock feet. I still have flesh feet. So <laughs> I'm like watching where I walk and it's like, it, I, had, I do have it down to a science of like where you put the weight of your foot. I know this is all very weird. That's okay. I <laughs> no, understand. I find that. it fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, you're like all of my attention when I'm walking barefoot does get put on how I step and where I step mm-hmm. and yeah. what area of this gravel's the worst. I mean, of oh, course, yeah. common sense would say that. <laughs> common sense would say to wear shoes, but that's not the point. <laughs> My kids are totally with you. We have a there gravel driveway, and those people run on the stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> how, to it. how did you? How can you do that? But yeah, yeah. so you you have you have a fan club. They're with you on that. Fantastic. <laughs> and as much as I love being barefoot and walking around barefoot. Um, the cost of that is my where I'm stepping and where I'm standing. I have to constantly be watching. And there's mm. I can't like, you know, like you would do when you're in shoes, <laughs> just walk without care on what you're going to step on. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have these boots of peace. It's kind of that same idea as um, in the same way that when you have shoes on, and especially for these soldiers with the, the grips on their shoes, they could rest on where they were stepping and they didn't have to like make sure their feet were grounded before they started fighting. Because they had um, the peace of knowing mm-hmm. that their feet were fitted well. So just like that, we can rest in the gospel and step surely, knowing that God for so God, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel, the good news of God loves me and he sent his son to die for me. I mean, that gives us so much peace and it changes everything. Um I'm not one for like cheeky quotes, but from all the cheeky quotes I've seen about love, it's all like true love is true love. (laughs) True True love love. (laughs) is liberating and there's nothing like it and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, the whole idea that when you know that you're truly seen for where who you are and you're fully loved and there's not like that doubt of, you know, does he actually love me or any stuff like that? um, It's kind of freeing because you're not you're resting and you're not questioning constantly. So the same thing is true for God. When we see through the example of Christ dying on the cross, Jesus sent his kid to die for us. When we see how true God's love is for us by that sacrifice, we don't have to constantly be checking our footing. Um, we have a solid and stable supporting foundation for yeah. us. And I mean, I just love that about the whole boots of peace in the dream mm-hmm. that we don't have to constantly be checking. Am I good with God? Am I set? Does he actually love me? He sent his son for you. He loved you so much that he died on a cross to save you. He came down and lived life as a human. That's not changing. The gospel is good news and it brings us peace. And you don't have to check your footing constantly. And you don't have to be barefoot. <laughs> you don't have to be barefoot. I love it. Uh, as you're talking, like the the hymn, um, Blessed Assurance, Oh yeah. Jesus is mine. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is the assurance mm-hmm. that yeah. we have. And uh, we don't have to second guess that. Like mm-hmm. you said, like that's his love yeah. for us and that assurance. Um I love I love that picture that you painted because the other thing that came to mind was like we can move forward. Right, yeah. Into whatever God calls us to mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the gospel and the blessed assurance that we have. Mm-hmm. In confidence. Yeah. 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 Without exactly. looking down. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. That's so good. Very cool. Mm. Next up is the shield of faith, which of course brings us to snowmobiling. Oh, Obviously. for sure. <laughs> Obviously. No other tra- uh, transition on that. <laughs> um, one time, backing up a little bit, one time a friend of mine gave me this really good advice when I was driving in, snow, uh, in rain and I couldn't see. He was like, well, just trust what you can see. So I could see the yellow line on the, you know, in the middle of the road, barely in front of me. And I could see the white line on the right side of the road, barely in front of me. So I could go with that. And that way, at least I knew I was 
on the road. <laughs> in, in a road. Mm-hmm. So you go slow and all that. So the advice he gave me was, you know, trust what you can see. So I kind of kept that in my mind. I thought that was good. Well, one time I went snowmobiling um, and we were, we went out on a lake and it was the second time I had ever gone. And so and it had been a year since the first time. So I was like, I'm kind of sure I know how to do this. <laughs> so kind of sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super kind of confident. We had a guide with us and he was like, yeah, so keep, you know, however far apart. Um, I'm going to go ahead. And I was the one following him. So I was leading our entire group um, after him. And so we start off on a lake. So it's just all snow. And it had just like it was snowing as we were starting. So the trees, the houses, everything around was all white. It was snowing and the lake was snow. So everything, everything (laughs) was white. And then when we started going, I realized I'm in the middle of a massive lake and I can see nothing. And I look ahead at the guide. And he is gone. He is ahead. So So, freaky. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's this feeling of like, if I get lost, the rest of the group is lost. And that's not good. (laughs) So I had this moment of like, okay, I, you know, like, I don't know the lake very well. So I don't, I can't rely on my own knowledge of that. And I can't, you know, rely on seeing the guide. So I can't do that and can't rely on the people behind me. So how do I figure out like where to go on this? Like, how do I know what to do when I can't see? And the only thing I, re- so then the advice that my friend gave me reminded me is trust what you can see. And what I could barely see, I mean, guys, barely, <laughs> like questioning my own sight on that. I could barely see his tracks that he had left behind. So finding a way to like line up my snowmobile tracks in his tracks. And, you know, I am here today. So yeah, <laughs> like, you made it. I eventually got up with it. It worked. Um, but this feeling of I can see nothing right now. I don't know what I can rely on and I don't know what I can can trust in. I, I'm just lost right now. But what I do have ahead of me are these tracks and I can follow that. Um, faith is believing in what you cannot see. So the flaming arrows of doubt that the verse talks about, it says, um, take up the shield of faith so you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these arrows are meant to set fire to your life and you're trusting God so that you don't know what you can trust and you don't know what you can see. And I mean, the very nature of faith is kind of a um, shaking concept because we like to have control and we like to know for sure fact this is what I know and this mm-hmm. is true because I can touch it smell it taste it see it whatever um, I can rely on my senses but we can't always rely on our senses with God so to say like you know you can't rely on your senses decide what job you're going to do or mm-hmm. what you're going to do with you know a money situation stuff like that of well I've got to trust God um, when you hold up your shield you can't see in front of you right these shields were huge um, but you can follow the trail that's been left before you. You can follow with faith what you know to be true about God and what you know that you can rely on. And you, we know that we can rely on Christ and we know that we can rely on God. And a big part of that is um, that reflection piece. And this is something that I'm not as good as and I want to grow in is um, knowing how to like look back on ways that I've seen God be faithful before mm-hmm. and the way that I've seen Christ show up for me before and following in those tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I can believe him and I can have faith with him because he's done that before. I know the tracks that are behind me and there are tracks ahead of me to feel so I can follow those too. Yeah. Well, that was great imagery. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the snowmobile. Super it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, and it's I fun. think even throughout this series, we've talked about like wanting to be in control and wanting to know the future. And, and, yeah. and that's where mm-hmm. this faith piece really, yeah. you know, steps in here and, and, 
and just having faith in what God is doing in your life. Because yeah. so many times when we don't know, we don't see the guide in front of mm-hmm. us or mm-hmm. we're, we're not clear on, on what's ahead of us in yeah. the rainstorm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what causes the fears, the anxieties, mm-hmm. sure. which is all deceit. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we're not totally putting faith and trust in God. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love that imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay if, like, you know, again, faith is shaky. So it's yeah. okay mm-hmm. if you don't know. And it's okay mm-hmm. if you're, like, trying to figure it out. Because you can kind of shakily land. You know, I was relying on those tracks ahead of me. But I also was still, like, concerned and worried. And, like, <laughs> yeah. are these the right A little tracks? stressed. <laughs> but yeah. it's better than being lost in all of that, what I can't see. So being able to focus your vision and focus in on going on what you can rely on is like, yeah. so cool. Next up is the Helmet of Salvation. Um, this one, I think, is just, it's classic. It's a little bit common sense. It's, you know, the, the pretty severe blow would be a blow to the head. I mean, that's how you <laughs> get someone pretty easy. Um, and the deadliest blow Satan can land against God is to separate us from, his, or separate his children from him or separate us from God. Um, you know, again, Satan can't beat God and he knows that. He's not stronger than God. He's not better than God. So he can't, you know, kill God, quote unquote. What he can do is, you know, he knows how much God loves us. So he can separate us from him um, and separate, you know, take us away from that trust in him. So um, in the same way that a blow to the head is going to be the deadliest blow we could have, um, a blow of our salvation or being taken away from God would be the deadliest blow that we could experience. Um, And so we have something to guard that. We have the helmet of salvation. I mean, nobody's going to run out into a battlefield without something on their head, at the very least something on your head. I mean, I, you know, I went ziplining the other day and you have a helmet on, you, t- you learn how to ride a bike, helmet on. Like it's about, you know, your head because it's a huge deal, um, which is why I think he chose his imagery for salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's uh, both a simple concept and super complex, but with the helmet of salvation on our heads, we're saved and we're on. I know this isn't real, a word, but like unstealable, <laughs> like <laughs> he can't have us, right? So, um, you know, putting that on us. And the, another thing about the helmet of salvation, you got your sight in your head, of course. So where your your sight is focused. And I think um, one thing that can be so helpful as far as, you know, just going back to the purpose of all of this is standing despite persecution mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, when you're in the middle of you know, questions or doubts or lies or persecution um, and you can't figure things out, like having that forward focus of I'm saved. And like, at the end of this, I go to, I go to heaven. Like I'm with mm-hmm. God. Like I, this is really hard right now. This is not the end of the story. Yeah. So that one's, I mean, a little bit simpler maybe, but it's just as um, peace giving or calming. Yeah. I, I love that. I love, <laughs> I was just thinking about like, you know, I've got little kids at home mm-hmm. And my daughter, Ryan, was working with her. My husband, Ryan, was working with her on riding a bike today. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a helmet on. <laughs> now, he was holding her the whole time. She was totally fine. It was totally safe. But I'm mom. And I'm like, <gasps> what? She yeah. has no helmet on. What if she crashes into said gravel? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like, like what's, what's going to, you know, like, because that, that your head, it also, like your mind, mm-hmm. right? And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a place where like the devil wants to get a foothold too is yeah. to shake you. And and mm-hmm. that's where the lies infiltrate. And yeah. we get sometimes, I know I'm guilty of letting thoughts spiral and yeah. and things like that, but to land on something like salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, 
I think, too, like um, in Romans, as you were talking, that passage that talks about the fact that we're more than conquerors. Yeah. Mm. And just thinking about the fact, like, like, like in spiritual warfare, deceit is such a powerful tool to yeah. make us uncertain or insecure or yeah. whatever. But here we see in, in Romans 8 where it talks about that that nothing I just, I just love I'm probably gonna read it is that okay oh I'm please it's such a good passage yeah so it's toward the end um after Paul's talking about being more than conquerors and Christ says no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us mm-hmm. for I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, which is mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about there when yeah. you're talking about the helmet of salvation. It's like mm-hmm. Jesus provided salvation, and that's that's our assurance again. That's what we can put around and in our minds and remember yeah. that, like even though that's the plan of the enemy is yeah. to try to separate us or distract us mm-hmm. or or whatever. God's love is so powerful, and, yeah. and we are we operate from this place of being more than conquerors mm-hmm. um, because of what because of what Christ did yeah. and everything. So I I mm-hmm. just I just love that. Yeah, I love how unchanging that is. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's a one time thing. Like you mm-hmm. are saved, and there is nothing that's going to change that moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last thing he talks about is the sword of the spirit. This one, when I was when I've thought about it before, I've just always been kind of confused by the whole sword of the spirit thing. I mean, general concept that it's the Bible and yet we use that, fantastic, great. But (laughs) when I've thought about it, it's just been like, well, this armor is so defensive. And this thought process of like, he's talking about all these ways to defend ourselves and like stand firm. You know, a sword is just such an offensive weapon. I just didn't really understand. But then I was thinking about, um, a couple of years ago, I was a camp counselor and like good responsible camp counselors. (laughs) One weekend when there were no kids, we had an airsoft gun in an airsoft gun, an airsoft battle. Oh my. In, um, it was like a weekend of battles in like their, like, it's almost like a dump they had, like, so old vehicles that they had used, just different stuff. It was a perfect, you know, grounds yeah. for this. It was mm-hmm. made for it. So at night we would put on all our black clothes and get the little guns. I borrowed somebody's, you know, gun and all that. And I was so excited to be like really strategic. And I was kind of terrified, but also really excited. <laughs> and so there was this tree and it had like a low branch. And so I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to snipe everybody. I'm going to get up in the tree and that way they can't get me because of all the branches and then I'm going to shoot everybody, you know, like a good Christian. (laughs) Camp counselor. (laughs) Like you do, you know. So I I get my hands up on the tree limb and then I swing my feet up and so now I'm hanging like a sloth. But I had put my my pistol in my back pocket and it falls out. But we're playing at night and there's bushes everywhere. And so now... I'm terrified because <laughs> you're unarmed. You are vulnerable. I'm unarmed, and there is active fire, and <sighs> these people are my friends, which means they will show me no mercy. <laughs> so I like drop down to the base of the tree, and I'm pushing through all the bushes, and I just have never felt more naked in my life than in that yeah. moment of like I have nothing to defend myself with. I've got no sort of response to any attack, mm-hmm. like other than like what run? Okay, that's gonna <laughs> go great with how fast I am. <laughs> Please, you know. So then I had like leave. I ended up leaving mm-hmm. the game because of it because I had no response to any, you know, attacks on me. And I think that's why we have the sword of the spirit is that um, not only does God in, you know, Paul through this demonstration, give us ways that we can um, gird ourselves and hold ourselves um, and remind ourselves of what's true and, 
arm ourselves, but there's also a response to the attacks that the devil has. And it, I mean, it, it, it again is echoed throughout all of these different pieces, but the sword of the spirit, like the verse says, it is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see Jesus using this weapon in the Bible. It's probably, um, you know, we could talk about how you can do it and all that stuff and give examples, but the best example just is what Jesus did. And when he was in the desert and Satan was tempting him and he didn't, try to respond with, you know, I'm going to argue you through this or mm-hmm. here's the all the things and all that. It was simply and surely he knew the word so well that he responded with, well, this is what I know to be true. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Lord says. Um, and the devil fleed. Like he didn't win that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that encounter did mm-hmm. not result in Jesus falling for any temptation and it didn't result in um, the devil having any sort of win there. So Again, we're, we're but mortal flesh, mm-hmm. but we have this Bible that was given to us, and it is so much more than a collection of a lot of pages and really tiny print. <laughs> it is, yeah. This is a weapon for us that mm-hmm. we can use, and the more familiar you are with it, the mm-hmm. same way the more familiar you are with how to use a sword or how to use a, you know, a gun, the better you're going to be able to wield it. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, so that's the last part of the armor of God there. That's the full set. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm so grateful for how you've helped us kind of like get some clarity on that and given us some really good things to think about when it comes to how we can be relying. Like all of these things are really showing us how we're relying on the Lord yes, to really get yes. us through mm-hmm. um, any any situation, any kind of spiritual attack and, and anything like that. Yeah. So um, like how do you see that practically working out in our lives? How do you mm-hmm. see us actively putting on this armor? And Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, a friend of mine were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start every day by pretending we're putting on the armor of God. And so for <laughs> for two days, <laughs> like, <laughs> a whole two days, I started my day by like pretending to put on fake shoes and pretending to put, I felt like an idiot, but I was like, this is the breastplate. And then reminded myself of what those things are. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to be that literal, you can, and I hope you make it farther than two days. <laughs> um, but otherwise, because this is a metaphor, I think what the literal meaning for it is, The most common thread through all of these different pieces of the armor is that familiarity with scripture, that being able to rely on what is truth, um, what God says, what Jesus has demonstrated for us, being like familiar with those things and close with those things so that we can use them. Because if you don't know how to put on your your breastplate or your shoes or your belt, they're no use to you. So Mm -hmm. um, knowing your Bible, you don't have to have books memorized, but, Mm -hmm. you know, have you ever read your Bible? Have you read it in the last month? You know what I mean? Kind Mm -hmm. of somewhere like it's. This isn't a guilt game. This isn't a, an accomplishment thing. This is literally for your own good. When you're in the grocery store and you're starting to freak out about whatever, can you, you know, kind of bring back for mm-hmm. yourself the scriptures that you've read or the truth that's true to you? Because this does apply to real life. And this mm-hmm. is important for what's real to you today. Um, the stuff that was written so, so long ago does apply to, you know, modern life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so preparing yourself. And then, of course, kind of like we said at the beginning of all this, knowing that there is an enemy. Um, you're not going to win against an enemy if you don't know that he's in there, right? Mm. If you walk into a room and there's a tiger in the room, but you don't see him, well, it was a good run. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, but like knowing that there's a tiger mm-hmm. in the room, quote unquote, like you're able to respond to that. So knowing that you have an enemy, knowing that like those doubts or those questions in your head aren't just like, oh, I was having a bad day or things like that. Like, are you identifying what this is from? And then because you can identify it, are you preparing yourself and responding to it appropriately? Yeah. To speak truth over it yeah. instead. Yeah. I love that. And I like another really great thing that I've heard, um, kind of similar to your literal 
putting it on, yes. <laughs> um, is praying through it, oh, you cool. know, praying through the the armor of God, especially if you struggle with anxiousness mm-hmm. um, for yourself or maybe for your kids or a loved one, oh, yeah. um, to pray this over yourself or someone else and to go through each thing and pray um, that the Lord would, you know, cover us from head to toe yeah. and prepare us. Mm-hmm. Um I think is another like in addition to like you said like reading your Bible yeah. and just being being actively soaking up what the Lord is is sharing with us through His Word. Mm-hmm. Like I think another way to do that is to come to the Scripture to this passage and pray through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been powerful. I've been I've gone through seasons where I've been really good about that, mm-hmm. like doing it on a regular basis, and seasons where I don't. But um, I think that 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 is a sweet way to remind ourselves whether it's daily, whether it's in a moment of difficulty, you mm-hmm. know, to, to pray through, through this armor. Mm-hmm. I think that it's great to um, just kind of go through this as we're mm-hmm. talking in this series about Speak Life, because in order to speak life over your life, you need to read your Bible. Yeah. You need to know Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. And this is a great passage if you— um, have a difficult time with that to print out, put it mm-hmm. in your bathroom as mm-hmm. you're brushing your teeth. Just Ooh, start yeah. there and read it. And it's great to um, just use it, insert your name or mm-hmm. your children's name mm-hmm. or your husband's name or, yeah. or or your loved one's name. And and that's a, a great way to start. So I just want to thank you so much oh for coming goodness. and yeah. sharing. It's so It was so good and mm-hmm. so full of knowledge and wisdom and I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm super, super grateful for the opportunity to talk about this. I've, I think you, you've had guests. I've listened to the podcast. I am a big fan of Mission <laughs> Women, by the way. I got to say, um, some of the guests you guys have come on have said this, but like from doing the research of what I was going to talk about, I've learned more about it. Um, mm. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be you know, pushed and learn more, but also to be on here and talk with you guys. Um, it's just been super, super fun. Super good. Yeah. So yeah. We're you. the lucky ones. We get to, yeah. we get to chat with so many amazing people like yourself oh, and, goodness. and to hear, and I think it's just, it's so beautiful to hear about how God's encouraging each person. Mm, yeah. And then in that way, I don't know, I've just been really blessed to hear about, you know, the truth that's being shared and testimonies that are shared and to see how God's working in other people's lives. And I think that's the beauty of being in community is that we can share our stories mm-hmm. and we can hear how the Lord's working and we can spur each other on and encourage each other and and that sort of thing. So I'm so grateful that you've, you know, kind of lent your voice to doing that too. Yeah, and absolutely. we're just grateful and, and hoping that we all just keep being encouraged in our walk with Jesus. So yeah. thanks again. Thanks, mm-hmm. McKenna. Yeah. We are so grateful for McKenna. Her heart to point us to Jesus and encourage us in our walks with Him is a huge blessing. It was so great to hear that spiritual warfare is real and it can be intense, but we are not alone in it. We are empowered and equipped to walk in victory through the Holy Spirit being with us. And like she helped us understand that we have to keep our eyes fixed on the truth that's in the gospel. And we see in Ephesians where she helped us just unpack all about the the spiritual armor um, of God and how that is a way for us to be equipped and walk forward in victory. This week, we want to leave you with the encouragement that we find in 1 John 4.4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
Remember that He is with you and He already has the victory. We'll see you next week as we continue our series called Speak Life.